Welcome to Live Wild with me, Hilary Rose. This is the podcast that hopefully inspires you to dig a little deeper on your personal life journey. This episode is all about just that. I speak to Nicola Connolly, founder of award-winning Irish skincare brand, Nunaya. We chat about soil to skin, mindfulness in business, our soul calling, the power of plants, knowing oneself, rituals and having blind faith. Just face the fear. Um, I am bombarded by fear all the time myself. So I just have kind of learned that usually when I'm feeling anxious and, and fearful about something and moving it forward, it's usually because it's the right way to go. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, yeah. pushing me out of my comfort zone. Easy to say, but I mean, it's, it is scary and it can be really, really hard to run, run your own business and to be an entrepreneur because you depend completely on yourself. But in that there's huge possibility for growth and you know growing you know inside whether the business works or not is irrelevant it's more I think as a person it's kind of bringing you along on your own journey when you start to face the you know the fears but again I think the second thing I would say is come back to your vision like what's important to you and why why are you doing this Nicola is a special special soul and this conversation engaged me on so many levels I love her personal ethos, I love her business ethos, and I love the products that she produces. And I could have spoken to her for days. She has so much wisdom to offer, and hopefully we'll get to chat again. You can learn more about Nicola and what she does at Nunaya.com or on Instagram at Nunaya Beauty. And now, on with the show. So it is my absolute joy to introduce on the Live Wild podcast today, Nicola Connolly of Nunaya Skincare. Thank you so much for chatting to me today, Nicola. I'm really excited about this chat. I know. I've really, really been looking forward to it all week. So thanks for having me on. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm really, really happy you're here. Um, like I, I love Nunaya. And I, I, it's, it's going to sound really like... Um, product placement on this podcast but I, I and, and, and I'm not being you're not sponsoring me at all but I, I love it I've used it really for I'd say the last three years and I heard you being interviewed on a national um radio station and it was actually your own story that drew me to the skincare brand so I loved your story which we're going to get into um and I love the ethos behind Nunaya so I decided to try it out and oh my goodness it is like the the cleansing balm and the serum it's like putting a bit of magic on your skin and I absolutely love it so I had a look on the website and on the website and I'm going to read this part just to get it right so it says it's it's it is skincare with a difference it is a range of raw living superfood skincare rituals with a soil to skin ethos now, my heart skipped a beat when I saw soil to skin because it's the first time that I've actually seen that phrase being used. It might be used elsewhere, but it's the first time I saw it. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, she's on it. That is really, really, really beautiful. And it's a lovely ethos to have. But maybe for those who aren't quite familiar with soil to skin, what what does it mean to you or how would you explain it? Yeah, I suppose it's I, I guess it's part of a, a bigger vision about about the world and, and I, I suppose our place in it. So for for me, when when we talk about soil to skin with Nunaya, it means that it's 
right, we, we, we look at skincare not as a finished product, but we look at it from right from the soil. So we're looking at the quality of the soil before the seeds are planted wow. um, for the plants to grow, which is where we get our actives from. And then we're looking at making that as planet and people friendly as possible, right from the soil to the customer or, you know, somebody like you who's using the products. Mm. Um, and then we're trying to build into that a way of actually returning everything that we use back into the ecosystem without causing any harm. So it's like a, it's like a, a circle, if you like, you know, and it's mm. soil to skin to soil and trying to move ever closer to, to actually leaving things better than we find them. Wow. I mean, it's so impressive and it's so complex to even try and break that down. What does it look like in every single element? You know what I mean? Like like you're saying, from the condition of the soil to, you know, I'm presuming, you know, the way the seed, the, even the way the seeds are planted. I mean, I know there's one skincare range and they plant um, to specific times of the moon and, and that kind of, and it's a real science, you know, but it's it feels like this kind of, I don't know, like an esoteric science almost that it's like you really have to, you know, really pay attention very specifically to every single element of what you're doing to really, you know, live the ethos essentially. That's it. And I think it, it, that's really it. It's coming back into mindfulness with every every element of how we live. And that includes every product we consume and, and looking at like every element of that. I suppose the supply chain how can we bring that mindfulness to to each element because I mean I suppose you know we're here today on the, the live wild podcast and it's it's really about how can we connect back into nature which sustains us mm. and so how can we support her oh that lights my fire absolutely because <laughs> it's just you know she like you know Gaia mother earth is there the entire time supporting us and I think that we have walked away from it um on so many levels so i feel like there's a deep calling to come back and like you said the more that we support her the more she can support us you know it's there for us all the time right in front of us yeah exactly and there's enough for all of us if we look after her properly so yeah, yeah. it's just i mean it just makes sense doesn't it <laughs> absolutely it makes so much common sense yeah it really really does and i feel like when especially when you say it, there's enough for all of us absolutely that's what i feel like as well and i feel it's going to take almost like a decentralization and a bringing back to smaller communities for us to be able to to do that again you know that was the way we had lived previously and then you know it obviously turned into this super scale mass production um, which served its purpose in a sense as well. But I feel like there's a calling now to come back to the lower, the smaller communities and, and try and support each other in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, so let's backtrack for just a minute. I'm, I was really interested in your personal story about how you ended up in South America, you know, you know what you were doing career wise before that and how you made the leap then into the skincare range, if you wouldn't mind telling us about that. Yeah, sure. So I am um, I'm from Dublin originally and I graduated college um, and I got onto a kind of a graduate program with IBEC at the time um, and I was working for Ryanair. So I went into Ryanair um, I had studied languages at co in college. So I came out with, you know, French and Spanish and I went into Ryanair and it was sort of, I suppose, good timing. Um, I was sort of there at the very start when they entered into the Spanish market. So I was sort of left to kind of look after the sales and marketing there mm. um, straight out of college. And I was sort of based between London and Spain and I was flying, you know, probably six or eight times a week. You know, I'd be in London wow. for a meeting in the morning and then I'd be in Spain in the afternoon. And, you know, I was flying all over the place and it was very, you know, fast paced, very aggressive. Um, 
and there were elements of that that I, I you know I really enjoyed and it was kind of exciting and I got huge responsibility because I was quite young at the time you know um and I learned so much about you know business um but I kind of quickly learned after about six or eight months I sort of realized that this would it was sort of bringing me down a road um into a more kind of commercial career if you like mm-hmm. um and I could kind of see what would happen if I if I stayed in it and there was something about it that just didn't speak to my soul um and I knew that I could stay and I actually I handed in my notice and because I needed to I needed to move and to do something else and I handed in my notice and then I got you know offered the carrot of you know the job <laughs> lo- looking after the Spanish market um which was you know at the time when I was so young it was pretty big mm. uh, kind of um I suppose carrot I will say <laughs> lovely to be offered it but it was that kind of temptation of you know do you go down that road or do you actually listen to that calling and and do what your your soul is 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 um shouting at you to do mm. so I did and I and I left and it had always been my dream to travel um I love travel but I'd always wanted to visit islands um around the world um so I, I left my job I'd been saving my all you know it's saving up and my plan was to travel around the world on my own for six months and to visit my islands so um that was you know the French Polynesian islands and Easter Island off the coast of Chile oh, okay. and my last stop was uh, the Galapagos Islands which was um a place I had seen first in a documentary when I was 11 and had just thought this place looked absolutely incredible Um, and it was the very end of my trip and I the boat pulled into this remote one of the remote islands on on the Galapagos and I hadn't even set foot and I had this moment of just knowing just deep inner knowing and I'm sure you've had these moments yourself Mm -hmm. Hilary where you know everything is just clear and I just knew that I had to stay um and that it wasn't the right time to go back and do a master's and that you know I was young and there was no reason to go back so I ended up staying on the Galapagos Islands for four and a half years and it kind of seeged into you know 12 years in 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 South America which kind of brought me through many different projects to get me to Nunaya. Wow I mean it feels like such a brave thing as well for you to leave I mean what would be considered and was a very very good job and probably a very well paid job and you know we're fast tracking to something you know greater in the corporate world no doubt um but it's such a brave move isn't it for you to just decide okay this it's not my soul calling and I think if you were to turn around you know for anyone listening if you were to turn around to like maybe a parent or a guidance counselor or a career counselor and say (laughs) that's not my soul calling you might get that blank expression of like well there's practicalities to be had here as well you know so it's about trying to balance that act of um no this isn't my soul calling I don't even know I mean for me as well it's sometimes it's like I don't even know where this journey is taking me but I'm just trusting that it's unfolding the path is unfolding in front of me as I step forward on it and I feel like that's probably what you did by going to you know South America absolutely I think I mean I think I'm I'm I first of all I fully recognize my uh my the luck that I have that I can make these choices, first of all, that I was, Beautiful. you know, born into, a, you know, I have a very, you know, very good education and I have the ability to kind of work and to create employment kind of where, wherever I go. So I, and also the space and the ability to kind of move and do those things. So I'm first of all, super grateful for that. Um, but I'm also really blessed to have, you know, parents who really supported, you know, this idea that we have one life and it's short. Um, yeah. 
And that's always been a big part of, of my path is, you know, it's too short to waste this. It's so precious, you know, so I, so and true. I yeah. And I remember ringing my mom and saying, look, I'm not coming back to do my, I had, you know, I had a scholarship to do my master's. Um, and I remember ringing my mom and, and saying, I'm not coming back. And she's like, okay, that's fine. If, if this is what you need to do, you know, and I like, it's so, it's such a gift to have had that, you know, cause it just opens the world. Absolutely. And you feel supported in those decisions rather than having to battle against them and go, oh, it's kind of like the head versus the heart in that moment where it's like, okay, well, logic and everything I've been raised to believe tells me that I should stay in this job or I should stay in this life. But actually, I'm being really called to something else. So like you said, it's it's a blessing for um, to have that family support as well as you go forward. Yeah. And then like, it's like you mentioned, you know, that trust, you know, you don't know necessarily where your journey is taking you, but if you trust, I, you know, big believer that the universe opens the doors if we're listening. Um, and, and then it's amazing then when you start to see that happening and it's like, wow, this is so much bigger than me and my, yeah. um, my vision, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, and it, it's, it's like, that's what I found on my journey as well. Once you step forward in that blind faith, I always think it's like it's like walking the plank, but the plank never ends. You know, it's like you don't actually drop off into the sea, <laughs> you know, so it's like once you step forward, the path starts to appear and the doors start to open and it appears almost in like synchronicities is what I've noticed. You know, there's like it's like the whole of this unseen realm is kind of conspiring to help you and go, no, no, no you're actually right keep going yeah. keep going you know it's yeah. gorgeous it's gorgeous it's when... beautiful isn't it and mm. also I think what's re what I find really exciting is that it's, it's kind of breaking down that structure that we've been told this is the way like mm. this is the kind of job we need to have and you need that safety and that security and, and I understand we do need those things but there's also other ways to get to that point where we are being true to ourselves you know absolutely it's like if you can I suppose, drop into the heart and resonate with that heart led life. It's just so much more gratifying because like you said, it just it all starts to conspire for you and um, and and you can't really go wrong. I feel I feel yeah. like there's yes, there's absolutely lessons to be learned within that and obstacles to overcome. But ultimately, I don't think you can actually go wrong once it's kind of heart led. That's what I feel. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you were working in South America, um, did you feel like there was a, a big reconnect for yourself with nature and the people there? And what were the big kind of takeaways that you took away from that time? Yeah, so I come from Dublin, like I'm, I'm, I was city girl, like until I was, you know, 20, 22, I think 23. Wow. Um, and I, I did, I always loved nature, like, so I always, you know, enjoyed being outdoors and, and you know, doing things, but this was the first time I was stepping into, I, I suppose I was really uh, very far away from my kind of normal social structures. I was, you know, on my own um, in these really remote, pristine ecosystems. Mm -hmm. And I think the first thing for me that I, I, so I suppose it was, I think it was in me, but it just sort of awakened. It was this just awe at nature. And, you know, I'm sure that some of the listeners will have been to the Galapagos or will have seen documentaries about it. And it was just this opening of my goodness, the world is, is such an incredible place. And we have such incredible wildlife, uh, nature, trees, ecosystems that work completely in, in harmony and synchronicity with each other to support each other, uh, you know, as this kind of giant community. And it was a, a kind of over, over the years. So I spent, you know, four and a half on the Galapagos and then I moved to the Amazon and the mainland of Ecuador on the coast. And I was always working in 
in these projects, I was like um, working as a sustainability consultant. Um, and my job was to go into communities, traditional indigenous communities, and to look at what was growing and then to help them create um, some sort of sustainable business out of that so they could have, you know, a better quality of life. And, you know, it was it was really humbling because I would go in as the kind of expert, uh, you know, this is what needs to happen. And, and I'd find myself after a day or two just being completely awed by where I was and uh, the wisdom of these of these amazing people. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest the biggest impact was actually starting to open my mind to the fact that the world is completely connected we're all connected to each other and there are incredible even in Ireland I mean in Ireland we have beautiful ecosystems communities and it's the same all around the world and we're just you know a tiny speck in that um, and it was really humbling and it kind of opened that door into into a deeper connection with nature and mm. a deeper respect that's the word I was thinking of a real uh, like you said humbling and a respect and and uh, like I that's that, that for me is really, really, really important. And 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 again, when you talk about the elders as well, and I feel like in our in our society currently, there's a lack of respect for our elders essentially, and it's a, a they have so much information. I mean, I feel like it's um, it's this go 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 society that's very much driven by the younger generation. But sure, you know, there's so many people who came before us, and it's almost like once their earning power is pushed to the side, that information is lost as well. Um, so I always feel like there's a, you know, we we as a community, especially in Ireland, need to reconnect with our elders much more strongly. So it's lovely that there are places that are still doing that, and you've you know witnessed that firsthand. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, was there other things that you witnessed firsthand? Like, did you witness, we'll say like the, I mean, I think I heard this in, in a previous interview of yours, that did you witness maybe like the power of healing or the power of plants firsthand that really like opened your mind to what the potential of these products could be? Yeah, I think, so I spent, you know, the first seven years were Ecuador and then I moved up. So that was very much a kind of a, working in sustainability and it was in working in the aid agency so it was a kind of a more like a, I wouldn't say business role but you know it was more that mm -hmm. and then I moved up to the Andes and I moved up to I suppose what is would be regarded as like a spiritual community mm -hmm. um and I spent seven years there and so that was um that was where I really started to kind of become more interested in I suppose the shamanic and the spiritual properties of plants um, and how we can use plants to kind of heal not just skin but also emotional um, and I suppose spiritual kind of elements and that's kind of a big part of their culture and traditions is mm -hmm. using plants as as medicine um, through diet through food through you know many many different ways um, and that's I kind of spent seven years learning and studying and apprenticing um with different teachers and, and sort of medicine people wow. um learning and i yeah i mean like incredible experiences with different in different sort of healing methodologies <laughs> yeah i can only imagine tell like what kind of what would you you know if you pick even one or two of them what would your day-to-day -day look like with them yeah so i would um I mean, obviously, during all this time, I still had to try and earn enough money to support myself. So <laughs> I, I would do kind of consultancy work or whatever, to, you know, to sort of survive. And then I would dedicate three to four days a week to study um, and research um, and apprenticing with, you know, different different people. So I think initially it started out, it was very much my journey of, of reconnection 
you know, with myself, which I think is where, I think it's where most of us start, you know, we just, we kind of realize something isn't working for us. Mm. Um, and then the doors start to open and we start to, to explore more. So I spent the first couple of years just kind of working through, you know, my own personal journey and reconnecting with myself. Um, and then as I started to do that, you know, I was amazed at the power of, of, of you know, some of the, the different ways of, of teaching. So, you know, the day to day of my life was really about building ritual into my life. So understanding um, what I needed to stay grounded and healthy, which I think is the first step to know ourselves. And then I would build, you know, rituals into my day. So, it, you know, it would start with very early morning um meditations I, I lived in this you know beautiful spot under these Incan ruins um and it would just you'd wake up in the morning and it was complete peace so it was that real taking that time out to reconnect uh with myself through through meditation through sitting at my altar and um and then heading out and, and going into this beautiful temple where I would work with um a lovely healer um and learn about plants and how we could use them wow that I, I mean, there's a, a shard of me that's really, really jealous. <laughs> um, that's just so amazing. It's so amazing. But I suppose for people then at home that are listening, going, like like me going, oh, my yeah. God, I would love to go to South America or I'd love to do that. I mean, you can do, you know, when you talk about the power of ritual, you can do that at home, like right in front of my office here where we are, like I've got my altar set up, you know, and so yeah, like I, I, I love it. And I sit at my altar every morning. And that consists of candles and crystals and Paolo Santo or whatever else. It, it's there's no kind of rhyme or reason to it. I just kind of go with the flow of what yeah. I feel I need that day and every yeah. day. And sometimes that changes. Um, like, what would you say to people who are kind of searching for that little bit extra in their daily lives through ritual? Where would they start? Because sometimes ritual has this can have this connotation of like, oh, my God, well, I have to do it every single day or, oh, my God, <laughs> it sounds really complex. You know, yeah. so what would you yeah, say? Yeah, absolutely. To and I, I, you know, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I mean, I, I made a very conscious choice to, to go away for 12 years and to do this journey. And it's also why I suppose I created Nunaya to try and bring that back to people so that you know you can use that every day so I think the thing about ritual so it doesn't become overwhelming ritual is something that we use every day in our lives without consciously thinking about it so even just simple examples like you know when you go to uh, a wedding or when you go to a funeral these are rituals that we all know and we all use or even things like you know nighttime when you're reading a bedtime story to your kids that's you know, a ritual. Um, and, and what, what makes it a ritual is some where there's an intention behind it. So it's a kind of like a transition from one thing to the next that is, has special meaning for the person, you know, doing the ritual. So if you think of a bedtime story, it's, you know, it's, it's the winding down, uh, before bed, it's, you know, preparing for a restful sleep and it's connecting with your child, um, mm. through, through story. So rituals we use them already and I think that's the first step to recognize that it's actually really easy to build them into our day um but if someone's at home and they want to to do you know create that for themselves the first thing I always say to people is you know create a space for yourself a sit what I call a sacred space and um, that can be a shelf it can be a table it can be whatever space you have you don't need a special room or you know anything and it's just a space with objects that have some meaning for you that you can come back to so whether it's your candle or your crystals for you Hillary or the elements you might have a plant you might have something with water you know you'll, you'll have the fire through your candle and it's just really the space that you can come home to again and again and it serves as that anchor 
Um, and that's that's kind of one that's kind of easy to do. You can set it up in you know a few minutes, and it's it's one you can keep coming back to, and it then becomes kind of a center of your day where you know you can go back there and find that sense of of peace and connection. Mm. Um, and then even little things like you can build. You know, I have I love having my tea ritual in my morning. Um, I use plants, so they're very grounding and they help me to kind of stay grounded, you know, in the busyness of work mm-hmm. um, and, and sort of building rituals. So it's really kind of what do you like and how can you how can you build that in? And it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It can take two minutes, five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really kind of the same around skincare rituals. It's just about elevating the routine to something a bit more meaningful. So it can take, you know, three minutes is enough. Mm. Um, and, and, and how do you intersperse those through your day so that you're finding little moments of connection? Mm. And that's really the essence of it. Isn't it really like it's, it's just giving yourself that time uh, and which is kind of, I mean, I know there's a lot of buzzwords around self-love at the moment or self yeah. self-love is a buzz phrase we'll say, but it really is. It's that just creating that boundary, creating the time and space that you can sink into it and go, okay, this is the moment where I'm going to even step outside the door and have a breath of fresh air that will take all of 30 seconds. You know, that's how it started for me a couple of years ago. I was just like, I can't, I I found that I couldn't, I couldn't function in the day because it was, I was so overwrought with these feelings of like, I have no time to myself and very much wrapped up in, in anxiety really you know where i really had to carve out the time and it has been such a journey when you're able to do that and like you said it's not like sometimes i think of like carving out time for me because i have two small kids it's like i need to get on a flight and go to jamaica for a week (laughs) but you know that's not necessarily practical Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) so so it's like okay that space for me is i'm going to set my alarm clock 10 minutes earlier for hopefully they won't wake up in those 10 minutes and in that 10 minutes i'll sit and breathe and pray and just set my intention for the day and even if i get that it's amazing yeah. the difference absolutely really- so and it's also i think if what's really difficult as well is prioritizing ourselves sometimes so it's even things like you know you'll see everything in the house that needs to get done you know the washing the kitchen needs to be cleaned you need to make the lunches you, you know there's always mm. so much to be done and we'll often put that first whereas if you actually take those 30 seconds to breathe you'll come back and you'll actually get that, that stuff that will just happen. You know, it'll kind of fall into itself. But if you're not nurturing yourself first, it's like that ripple effect when you throw the stone, right? If you aren't looking after yourselves and you come out and you're hassled and stressed that everybody feels that around you. Absolutely. And I feel like as, as the mother in the house as well, it's, it is an energetic ripple. Like kids are very good at reading energy. Yeah even though they wouldn't really know how to describe that, but they're so good at reading it. So like, if I'm not centered or if I haven't given myself the time, like you said, it is that ripple effect and they feel it. And I can see that they start to squabble amongst themselves. And I have to always remind myself that's actually probably come from my energy because I'm feeling conflict or turmoil about not getting the time to myself or whatever might be going on in the day. So it's like, I really have to be super conscious that my energy um needs to be balanced to be the anchor in the household you know yeah and I, and I think that's on this journey I think that's the most important thing I mentioned earlier like coming back to knowing yourself like mm-hmm. that reconnecting because if you know yourself you you can feel much quicker when you're coming out of sync uh, and and then you know you have your toolkit where you can go okay I need 30 seconds of breathing or I need to stand out barefoot for five minutes in the garden yes and, and you know and it's much quicker um and, and also then it helps you to start becoming you know your, your life becomes a bit steadier so you're not having these you know ups and downs as much 
yeah, the massive ups and downs that can go with that kind of uh, journey of self-discovery. And and, there, and yeah. I think the ups and downs in the early days are probably necessary because there are such peaks and troughs and, you know, yeah. you have to look at the, you know, the inner self and, and the darker self. Some people, I think, t- try to run from the darker side of themselves in this journey. And sometimes I think, don't think that's necessarily a positive thing. I think it needs to be engaged with and worked with, you know, like I would have had a lot of, uh, you know, anger stuff going on that I felt, no, I need to actually, if I run from that, it's still going to be there and it's not going to be looked at. Whereas I need to come back, look at it every single time and go, okay, what is the root cause of this? Let me come yeah. back to this again. Let me, let me dive into it. Um, and that's then where I can start to smooth it out from then on in, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think having those rituals helps to support that work because it's like an onion, you know, we're peeling layers and there's always more. <laughs> Always more, always more. Sometimes I'm like, I mean, how much karma do I have in this onion? You know, (laughs) I really feel like there's some point where you get to the center of the onion, you know? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think when we're ready to move on. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Um, So coming back to the business side of this, like I get the sense that from you that the business is less of a focus and perhaps it's more purpose is I I, I don't want to be putting words in your mouth, but it's like, do you choose the, the, the sense of purpose over the sense of business? Yeah. So this is, I suppose, this is my, you know, I I feel like I have a foot in two worlds. So I am, you know, Nunaya was born because of, I wanted to create a life for myself where I could live my passions. So I'm hugely passionate about sustainability, um, about working with communities, um, lo- creating more moments of connection with people. Um, mm-hmm. And I am, I love plants. I'm like a, a, a you know, a, just passionate about plants. So I, I was trying to come up with ways of, of kind of pulling together everything that I love, because I know that when I work from my place of passion and what I love, things flow better. <laughs> um, and I, I also wanted to create a life that works for me. So really works with my values and my vision of, of the world and how I want to be in the world. So this was kind of, I suppose, why Nunaya was born. So it was a way to kind of bring back those 12 years of experience, because I know not everyone can can take off and, and sort of create it in something that would share some of that wisdom. Um, and so it started through the the kind of the skincare the skincare rituals that we that we offer, um, mm. but it's very much a purpose driven business. Obviously, we can do more good as we grow as a business because we mm. work you know very closely with our growers directly for all the sourcing of our ingredients. You know, we support education scholarships for the women and the girls in our communities. Wow. So so we do lots. We have lots of projects, and as we grow as a business, we can do more good. Um, if you like, or we can support them more. So for me, it's it's important that we do grow, um, but we are definitely the antithesis of the current commercial model in the world. Mm. So we, you know, I I lived on the Galapagos, and and they have this was the first time I was introduced to this idea of carrying capacity. Um, so it's a system whereby they did a, a really in depth study, and they look at the islands and the visitor sites, and they work out based on the resources like water the terrain, the, the delicateness of the ecosystem. How many tourists can these places support? Very How many good. humans? Um, and I, for me, that concept was like, you know, we're, we're from a society where it's always about growth. It's about more. 
it's about it growing your revenue and it's you need more stuff and you need more money etc this was the opposite it was actually okay we can get to this point and after that then the environment is going to suffer so the, we'll come out of balance and it's something that stayed with me and it's something i really try to build into nunaya so we we don't want to become l'oreal uh we we really want to help our customers to find those moments of connection but doing it in a way that actually regenerates people and the communities that we that we work with so it's a dance because we do live in this corporate structure of of growth and and more sales um i know by growing because we're still a small business we can do more mm. um but we're very conscious of how how we do that so it's a dance <laughs> i love it it's like when you said you're you're split between two worlds essentially and i know you started with shaman so essentially you are a shaman of what you're doing so you're stepping from the natural world and the sustainable world into that business model and trying to just blend both of them you know which is fascinating it's it's i think it's a gorgeous approach to what you're doing it's really really great not um, always the easiest but uh... <laughs> Absolutely. I'd say there's a constant temptation to, okay, well, you know, and especially if you have, like you said, you're in this current business model where, you know, um, you probably have staff, so you have to pay bills and you have to pay, you know, all of these things that obviously go hand in hand with a business. So there's always, I would imagine, like you said, the temptation to expand and expand and expand. But then when you come back to exactly what you stand for, it gives you that boundary not to go beyond that's that. That's it. Yeah. And it's that we, you know, we were talking about that earlier. It's like, what's your vision and, and what, what, kind, what do you want out of your life? But what's also your vision? So I have it on my wall in front of me. So every decision I, re- I look up and I, it kind of reminds me, okay, wait a second. That's not, that's not the right road. You know, it, Brilliant. We, need to, we need to come back. Mm, brilliant it's great and sometimes you do need that visual reminder sometimes I feel like I need to get them tattooed on me (laughs) I know yeah yeah um so and as well Nunaya means soul tribe is am I correct in saying that yes so where I mean uh, it probably speaks for itself but do you have a little backstory as to where that came from yeah so the I suppose words have vibration so they all carry vibration and, and kind of the words yep. we use. So I wanted to create the name for the brand. I really wanted it to represent what we're trying to do. So the up in the Andes Mountains, they speak a language called Quechua. Um, and they have a really fascinating philosophy about community and tribe. So the word Nunaya, Nuna means soul. Um, and I suppose it's at the base of what we're trying to do, which is help people to kind of come back into connection with themselves and their souls and their spirit. Um, and then the Aya is a mix of two words. So they have this idea called Aini, uh, which is a huge part of their culture. And it, it basically is based on reciprocity. Um, and it was a game changer for me and the way I worked in, and the way I walked in the world, because it was they base it around that today for me, tomorrow for you. Beautiful. Um, and they will literally it's their community. So they um, they don't own their land. They get um, a lease for 20 years and they are the custodians of that land for that period. Um, And it's up to them to kind of look after it and care for it because it will move on to somebody else in the community, you know, afterwards. But it's literally as simple as somebody's building a house. The whole community will come over. um, The men will all be up on the roof, putting the roof on it. The women will be below cooking food and preparing then they all share food. But next next year, when you're building your house, everyone will come back and do the same for you. Um, wow. It's a really simple 
you know, simple example. And that's the word I need. And it's, I suppose that I, you asked me about soil to skin at the start. It's this idea of a circle. So it's, it's all about reciprocity because, you know, nature gives us incredible plants. We're blessed to work with amazing growers who are custodians of these unique ecosystems. So it's how do we give gratitude and, and how are we reciprocal? So uh, that's sort of the idea behind Nunaya and the word soul tribe, like we're all connected. Mm. Um, and every time we say the word Nunaya, it's, uh, you know, creating that vibration about what we do. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, words carry such intention and vibration and it just, I, I, and it's funny, it takes, um, I don't, I think some people may not be aware of the level of vibration that comes from your words. It's it's like it spreads out into the consciousness, it, it, you know, so in a, in a sense, you have to be really, really mindful. Yeah. I want to come back to the community that you spoke about and people mending each other's houses and sharing and helping. We used to have that in Ireland and it was called Mehel. OK. Yeah, it was called Mehel. Mehel. Yeah. And wow. it was this community of coming together thatching each other's roofs, caring for each other's children, cooking, sharing, you know, it was, and that was really up until probably a hundred years ago. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't quite know, but I know that there was, that's, that was what it was called was Mehel. I don't know what the exact translation, I must look up when we're finished this, but yeah, um, yeah. I so didn't know was, that. Yeah, it was Mehel here. Um, and also you, you talked about being the custodian of land, which I love because we have become such intense landowners here <laughs> and everywhere around the world. But I always say it, it always amuses me. I'm like, you can't own a piece of land. If you can't pick it up and put it in your pocket, you can't own it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so whether you um, have deeds to it or whatever you might have, you can't ever own it. You're only its custodian. It's like I, I am really, really blessed to live in this beautiful old house and the house is like 1856 and the house was there before me. And please, God, the house will be there after me. So even though it's my family home, my, my husband and my children, we don't own it. We can't. You can't pick it up and put it in your pocket. So we're only merely the custodians of the house. That's always been my thing, you know. So I love that you're that's the way you see it as well, or that the community that you lived in, that's the way that they saw it was that it's um, it, therefore it is for community. It's not just for you. Absolutely. And I think that's also, you know, the way we work with our growers and, how, you know, they are the custodians of, you know, the Amazon rainforest, which is mm. such a crucial ecosystem for the entire planet. Uh, it's a way of actually supporting them to continue to, to be that those custodians so that they can earn a fair living um, and continue to do that. So because we all we all benefit from it. And I suppose it's that idea of commonwealths where the wealth of the community comes first rather than individual wealth, which I think we've absolutely moved away from in the Western world. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, going back to, I don't want to call it the business side of it either as well, but say if there are young female entrepreneurs out there that maybe think that their ideas aren't worthwhile or maybe it's too overwhelming or whatever it might be, what kind of advice would you offer them? I think you might probably <laughs> just face the fear. Um, I am bombarded by fear all the time myself. So I just have kind of learned that usually when I'm feeling anxious and, and fearful about something and moving it forward, it's usually because it's the right way to go. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, yeah. pushing me out of my comfort zone. 
easy to say, but I mean, it's, it is scary and it can be really, really hard to run, run your own business and to be an entrepreneur because you depend completely on yourself. But in that there's huge possibility for growth and, you know, growing, you know, inside whether the business works or not is irrelevant. It's more, I think as a person, it's kind of bringing you along on your own journey when you start to face the, you know, the fears. But again, I think the second thing I would say is come back to your vision, like what's important to you and why, why are you doing this? And so if, if you're clear on that, anytime you get shaky or you, you kind of might have a day where you're like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? You can come back to it and immediately it helps you kind of realign, you know, because I think it's a constant journey of coming back into that balance, you know. Absolutely. I think that is amazing advice. It's the best advice because it is, it's like, if you have a vision and like you said, there would be curveballs that will be thrown at you and you might feel shaky in your vision or you might feel like, oh God, is this path really for me? But if you hold firm in the vision, eventually it will. And like you said, whether the business becomes a success or perceived, and I will say the word perceived, perceived success or perceived failure, because sometimes what somebody's somebody's perceived failure might actually just be, oh my God, that was just, you know, directing me onto the better part of my life or the, 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 the path that I needed to go onto, you know, whereas yeah. I think you can get very bogged down in perceived failures um, when sometimes, no, it was actually just directing you to a different part of your life. Exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes society as well, it kind of tells us that this is what success looks like. So uh, it's, yeah. you know, and that whole Instagram, social media culture, it kind of tells us this is if you're successful, but I always like to come back to one of their, the kind of ancestral beliefs is that we're all born with different gifts. Um, and the, the, the belief is that if you follow your gift, um, you know, you will find your, your joy or your, you know, your, your happiness. So it's kind of remembering, trying to just come back to knowing yourself because yeah. you, you know, once we're clear and that's a journey, obviously it takes us, it can take us a long time, but it's, it's definitely a worthwhile journey because the more you get to know yourself, the more you, the clearer you are on what, where you want to go. Absolutely. That was what the Greek Oracle used to, it was to be written on, um, when you went to see the Greek Oracle to find out about yourself, the written outside the door was know thyself, know you thyself. know? So it's like, you don't need to know anything else in life, only yourself, because no matter what, if you know yourself, you can be thrown into any situation and it actually doesn't really phase you. It doesn't really matter. The situation around you or the party that you're attending doesn't matter as long as you know yourself and your core values within that. You can stand in your strength, essentially, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. I like to come back to that every time I'm feeling wobbly. I'm like, no, no, thy, know thyself when you'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, well, aside from Nunaya as well, or aside from the skincare range that um, that we're seeing on, on the on the public forum there's another side to the work that you do which when you brought it up i went oh my goodness this is so beautiful it's what i, I see as much much needed and it's to work with supporting women um one-to-one -to, -one to bring them back into balance with their menstrual cycles can you tell us more about this yeah so this was um I, I suppose this was probably how I started my kind of, I, I suppose, spiritual journey up in up in the Andes, where I, as part of the the apprenticing with this uh, beautiful beautiful medicine woman, I started working with my own energy uh, and my own menstrual cycle. So using mm. kind of shamanic energetic principles. So she, I suppose, took me through a journey. It took three years initially to kind of work through 
she shared, you know, my own personal journey about coming back into our cycles. So it's kind of linked with coming back into balance with ourselves, but also with nature and the nature around us. So it was it was really learning how my own menstrual cycle worked and then working really, really deeply and intensively to kind of bring it back into into balance. So now my menstrual cycle is a tool. Um, it's like my compass uh, mm-hmm. for my life. Um, and it's the tool I use every single day as um, a guidance of, of what I need to be doing, when I need to be doing it. Um, wow. And so that was, I kind of did my own personal journey. And then I started to learn from her in terms of working with other, other women. So now I work with, I have private clients who I sort of take through, we, we look at where they're at and what their goals are, but it helps. It's really just about helping them to come back into that sense of balance so that they understand themselves. So that reconnection again, mm-hmm. how can we reconnect with ourselves using our cycle? Because our cycle is like the basis as women or as people who menstruate, it's, it's, it's the absolutely the basis for our, our sense of well-being and, and happiness in the world. Agreed. Agreed. And it's something that I only came to it again recently was um, like in general, my menstrual cycle is always, you know, very much bang on. But it's only in in the last six months that I I mean, I'm going to say it. I know it's going to sound absolutely bizarre uh, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of eye rolling going on on the listener side, but (laughs) (laughs) it, it felt like a womb awakening is what it felt like to me. And it's like, um, I know this sounds really, really bizarre, but it like, so for me, when I was pregnant, the first flutters of life that you feel, it's like little flutters or bubbles or whatever, and I'm not pregnant currently, um, uh, but it feels like that. It's like she's awake and it's like, it's the sentient being, which is just communicating all the time. And when you say that yeah. your menstrual cycle is your compass, I feel like that's what it's become for me. It's like an intuit, an, like an intuit, intuition or a guidance. And I'm still really figuring it out. Um, but it's been amazing. It's been, and, and bizarre, like yeah. bizarre, you know, because I feel like even the, the disconnect that I had previously felt in my body that I wasn't aware of. Now it's connecting up. Everything's connecting up as in the womb space, the heart space, everything is connecting up bit by bit. And it is a journey and it does take time. Um, but there's, and, and it's funny when you start to awaken that side of yourself, like literature comes your way that you're like, Oh my goodness, I didn't even, okay. Yeah. I'm going to read this now. And then, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I schedule an interview with you and at the end of it, you, you say, well, it's about menstrual cycles. And I'm like, mm, you know, it's all these, again, synchronicities that start yeah. to come your way to help support you on the journey. So when Absolutely. you're, when you are guiding people one-to-one, what does that really look like? Yeah. So I, I think our, our, our menstrual journeys are, you know, it's so deep and it's, um, like you say, you know, it's, it takes a while. It takes years. You know, it's it's really we're reconnecting with this primal ancestral wisdom um, as women or as menstruators. Um, and what I suppose what it looks like is really quite personalized. So we look at each person mm-hmm. um, very much where they're at in their own in their own journey. And I suppose what they're trying to bring back into balance or why are they interested in, in this? And then I take them through a kind of a, a journey of reconnection with um, some people will have heard of cycle syncing. Um, so we we look at that both from a charting perspective in terms of looking at your cycles mm. and sort of explaining for each person and understanding what's happening for them at different stages. 
because our menstrual cycle isn't just the days that we bleed you know our menstrual cycle is the full 28 or 30 day cycle and there's a lot happening over that month oh yeah Uh, yeah and it's absolutely like it's just incredible because when you start to it's coming back to this again know thyself right you know when you start to understand your cycle and it just becomes second nature you'll wake up and you'll know okay i'm on day 12 this is happening today i know i need to you know do this or you know you'll know when when is the right time to have those really difficult conversations when is the time you know you need to cancel everything in your diary and you need to snuggle up at home and nurture yourself absolutely you know um and it's really just panning back that wisdom i mean this is this isn't science like it isn't rocket science it's this wisdom was here for thousands and thousands of years Mm. um and it was the you know the women in our tribes would pass it down and we've just lost it so it's really about sharing that wisdom again um and helping women to use it as a tool to kind of reconnect with themselves both emotionally spiritually and in their physical body Mm. um and helping them to use it then as a tool that they can use every day and it's absolutely incredible as you know yourself when you start to come back into balance with it um how deep it can be absolutely and it does take that 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 time to recognize all the different parts of it like i know when i'm ovulating i know it because i've got this crazy energy not in a bad way but it's just like all right let's go do stuff you know and that's you know that and I feel very full of life during that time and then there's times you know right before I'm about to bleed where it's just like okay no I need to be alone for these couple of days because otherwise things are going to go pear-shaped here you know so it's um, really recognizing that and not ignoring it and I think there's been, you know, in the last, I suppose, well, it's particularly my generation where it's just like, oh, you just get on with it, you know? Yeah. And, and also like, you know, like my mother and her generation, when, you know, they were educating us, I remember it being called the curse. Yeah. Which is so horrendous when I look at it now. I don't, I don't see it that way anymore, thankfully. But to call it a curse and then to have to feel like you're enduring it every single month is torture whereas I think if you could flip the script on that and say no there's different waves to this it's not a curse it's an absolute gift it is the center of creation uh, within ourselves how do we harness that you know yeah and then it's you know I I you know I kind of love when I have my period you know it's it's like my favorite time um wow. whereas yeah. before it was like okay, let's get through this. Let's pretend it's just not happening. Like I I hadn't realized how absolutely disconnected I was. And as a result was completely disconnected from my own physical body. Um, and, and it's, it's been amazing to like, I've been doing this work now for almost 11 years. So it's, it's every single month, like I take time and I sit down and I, and I spend time. It's a whole kind of process for me, but like, it's my favorite time now. And I can like, and I actually, from my work diary, I actually work around my cycle. So everything is built when I know if I need to be out and like training or in store or talking to customers that happens when I'm ovulating Mm. and I'm full of energy and I'm very outgoing whereas I know that the time I'm actually I have my period I'm at home I'm out in nature I have the phone off for like two to three days if I can if I can do it Mm. um and it's just a it's just a joy you know and it's it's really that's what I love it's I love seeing that process and accompanying clients who who are moving through that and who really want to bring that that sense of space and connection back that is absolutely mind-blowing I'm going to take a leaf out of your book 100% because I feel the same it's and again it's you know it's this is all quite new to me only in the last couple of months only in the last couple of cycles 
I have really looked forward to it. Whereas before it would, it was always that kind of bothersome. Oh, well, I can't go swimming now or whatever it might have been that kind yeah. of upset my routine. And now it's like, and actually it used to come with a lot of pain and discomfort, whereas now it doesn't. Mm. And, and nothing has changed in a sense, only my, I suppose, deep sense of it. So I don't have pain or discomfort anymore. Now it feels like, and I know this is going to sound bizarre, but it, f- sounds, it feels like a big warm hug on the inside. Yeah, and amazing. I love that. And it's just yeah. like, I, I never even imagined that that could have been possible. Yeah. And, 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 but it's just whatever has shifted within me that has now become prevalent and it's incredible. Really it's is. amazing. Yeah, mm. it's beautiful. And it's always great to talk about this because I think we don't talk about it enough. So for, you know, for your listeners as well, like it's, it is possible to, to feel completely different about your cycle and, and for it to bring you this sense of joy and this kind of cocooning kind of hug element. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you're right. It's that time. And, and, and I'm absolutely going to now do that. I'm going to block book those two to three days yeah. <laughs> when I know my cycle is due that I'm just not going to do anything. And it is a time when I I feel like I do need to kind of get into my cave and rest and recuperate because there's so much going on physiologically in the body. I mean, you know, and I noticed as well, like I take in loads of water, so much water in the days prior to it. And I'm, I'm, you know, extremely thirsty, extremely grumpy. But actually, if I hydrate and rest properly, it allows my system to kind of flow more correctly so that... Yeah when the bleed is happening, you are literally losing so much fluid, you have to replace that fluid. You yeah. know, that's, that was the sense that I got from it anyway. So it's when you get yeah. into the nitty gritty of it and know thyself. <laughs> know thyself. And then how yeah. do you support yourself? So there's like herbs and plants you can take, you know, you can eat certain foods and it helps to take down the bloating. It helps to take down the pain. Like, it's just amazing. Like it's such a, there's so much to it that we just haven't been taught. So it's such a, it's, mm. I, I find it really exciting to be able to share it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I do too. I do too. Yeah. Um, okay, so I've got a little live wild pop quiz if you're happy enough to yeah. do this. Um, and it's a kind of a quick fire fun round. Um, so, all right, this is the live wild pop quiz for you. What is your favorite herb and why? Lavender. Oh, nice. Why lavender? Uh, I have a very special relationship with her. So, okay. um, yeah, really special relationship. She speaks to me. Um, and I just think it's an amazing, it's just, she's just beautiful. She's beautiful plant. It's so safe. It's everyone can use it. Mm. Benefits are immediate. Um, and I just love the soothing properties that she has and that she carries. Yes. Lifts the spirit. It does. I can't help but touch lavender every time I walk by it. And I've just planted a big rover in my garden because it's just, you know, even just to, 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 just the scent, the perfume. Oh yeah. Mm. Okay. I'm with you on lavender. (laughs) Um, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway, do you believe in magic? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's all around us. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's all around us everywhere, every day. Uh, If only we can see beyond the physical and recognize it yeah <laughs> awesome um i love asking this question what do you stand for beauty and connection mm. oh i love that i love that okay if you were to distill yourself down to an essence what would be your essence i'm immediately seeing plants and colors and <sighs> 
I'm seeing roses. <laughs> I'm seeing lavender. <laughs> You'd just be a bouquet. <laughs> I would just be, yeah, plants blended together, but beautifully floral, fragrant, kind of feminine, soul soothing plants. Oh. That's what I'd like to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I wish you best on your return to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what's the wildest thing you've ever done in your life? Mm. It's a safe space. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how much I can share here. I know, uh, I know. I'm, I'm open to whatever. <laughs> um, I think just, I think the, the wildest thing has been taking massive leaps when there was nothing underneath to hold me and just wow. trusting that it would work out and doing that again. And, and, and I suppose finding the, the courage to keep doing it yeah. is the wildest thing I've done and, and trying to because I think it's hard to keep taking that those steps that kind of push you out into the unknown but it's that's probably the wildest thing wow yeah amen to that um what is the one thing you do every day that helps you to live wild and free sit in nature beautiful yeah I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, <laughs> Nicola, thank you so much. It has been a gorgeous conversation. So illuminating. I hope people get something from it. Um, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you so much. You know, you're very welcome. And thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's been really nice to chat with you Absolutely. and to, to bathe in your live wild vision. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully it'll um, hopefully it'll help people and benefit um, people. And no doubt we will chat again i feel like there's a second chat in maybe in season two <laughs> I think that it. onion hillary yes. <laughs> <laughs> i think it is when are we going to get to the center of it <laughs> yeah, never <laughs> thank you so much thanks a million, hillary thank You're you so welcome <laughs> thank you thank you thank you